Wherever you're watching from around the world, whether you're watching somewhere local or you're halfway around the world, we are so glad that you've taken time to tune in today to watch this program. Now, today I want you to jump in and get aboard with us. Now, if you're ever in our area, though, please take our invitation. Come worship with us. We'd love to have you as our personal guest. Please stop in. We'd love to meet you. Today I'm going to talk to you about blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. A couple weeks ago I talked about you got to believe God's best. Believe God's best for yourself. Then the following week we talked about believing God's best for others. We got to believe it in ourselves that God quit always expecting the worst outcome. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. God wants to call you blessed. God has called you blessed. God wants to give you a double portion anointing. I'm going to show you that today, a double portion blessing. God wants to give that to you today. But we've got to change our attitude. We've got to change our, our, our sight. We've got to see, God, you really do favor me. God, you really do want to bless me. And I've got to have that same attitude with others. I've got to see the best in others, call out the best in others, encourage others, help them rise to the potential God has for their life. Now, let's talk about blessed to be a blessing. Let's jump right into our text, Matthew 5, 16. Jesus said, in the same way, let your light, what? Let's say it again. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Christians should make everywhere they go brighter. Church, are you hearing me today? Everywhere you go, you should change the temperature of that room. You should change the brightness of that room. You should walk in and your attitude should be the best attitude at work. You should walk in, your attitude, your smile, just something should be contagious about your spirit. You should have a positive, blessed spirit waiting to help, waiting to serve, waiting to bless somebody else. You should be changing and you should walk in knowing you are blessed. You should walk in and leave people saying, that's a blessed person right there. That's a blessed man. That's a blessed woman right there. There's something different about them. Jesus said that we should be this. God, may your light shine on us. Why? So that they, that they, are you getting it? The reason why he wants us to shine bright before others is that they may see God's good deeds. God, they may see that this person is full of the goodness of God. They're doing good to others. God's been good to them. When they see you, they should see the goodness of God in your life to the point where it glorifies the Father. They should look at you, and even if they don't believe in God, they should say, wow, there's something about that person that's different. There's something about that person that glorifies the Father. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't got it figured out, but I know it when I see it, and I see it in them. Let me say to you today, the strongest message being preached this week will not be found in the churches and in the pulpits. They'll be found in the workplace, in the schoolhouses, in the colleges, in the neighborhoods, where everyday people just like you are living out the message of Jesus Christ. I'm not a pastor. You may not be a pastor, but you are his witness and you are his hands and feet. 
Everywhere we go, we should be magnifying the goodness of God. The last thing that Jesus told us, right? The last thing that he told us, look at it, Acts 1.8. You would think the last thing would be the most important thing, right? He's descending to heaven. He's got, he's got his group of disciples there. All of his followers are there. And he shares one last assignment. I would think we would want to pay attention what it is. Look at what he says. As Jesus was ascending back to heaven, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my, what? Let's say it together. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says, we are called to be my witnesses. I wish I had the opportunity today, as lawyers go through witnesses, or even through jury selection, they pick the jurors and they pick the witnesses that they think give them the best chance to win. They pick the people who have the best story. They pick the people who they think will solidify their case. Could it be, I wish, could I be honest with you? I wish, I wish some pastors had a chance to go through church and interrogate some people and say, all right, you can be his witness. You can be his witness. You, you can be his witness and you can be, and you can be his witness. All you, always smiling, always got a great attitude, always doing good to others. But the rest of you, I don't know from day to day what we're going to get. It would be nice if we could do that. But that's not how it works. Jesus says that we are to be his witnesses. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit not to do all these other things. They are important. But he says the most important thing about having the power of the Holy Spirit is to be a strong witness for Jesus. Is to be his strong witness. In the courtroom, we have the judge. We're not to be the judge. The Bible says the judge not. We're not the prosecutor. That's up to God. We're not the defender. Jesus has already defended me. I don't have anything to defend. But I am called to be a witness. And what is a witness responsibility in the courtroom? Their witness is to tell their story. What did you see? What did you experience? So I should be able to tell as a witness I have seen the mercy and the goodness of God, which is much better than I deserve. I've seen the healing power of God in my life and in my marriage and in my family. I've seen the goodness of God follow me all the days, even when I didn't deserve it. His goodness was there. I'm the witness today to tell you that God has been better to me than I could ever be to myself. I'm here to tell you today that God changed a rough, hard heart, sinful person like myself and turned me into a 180. Now I'm pursuing the goodness of God because I have personally experienced a life-changing love of Jesus Christ. He's forgiven me of much. I'm going to live for him. I'm his witness. I've seen God do it time and time again. I've seen God do it again many, many times. I'm to be his witnesses. Where? He says in Jerusalem. Where's that at? That means that would be the same equivalent to our community. In your hometown, in your four state area. You're the called. We're called right there. We start there first. First, I'm called to reach out to those in my community. I'm called first to be his hands and feet in my community. Then he says, go to Judea and Samaria. That's our nation. 
We're called to spread the love throughout our nation. We're called to plant churches throughout our nation. We're, we're called to send revivalists and missionaries and pastors and, and worship leaders and mission workers in our nation. And then he says, and to do it to the ends of the world. And we send them around the world, the global impact. It's what the church is for. This is what the church is for. It's not about us coming and meeting together, but it's about us coming and being a blessing to the world because we're called to be his witness. There's a principle that I want Destiny Church to learn to live by. It's a principle I want you to write down now. Look, look at this. It's a model I want you to live by. Write this down. God blesses us with more than we need so we can be a blessing to others. Let's do it again. God blesses us with more than we need so we can be a blessing to others. Pastor, I don't have much. Well, let me tell you, if you live in America, you have more than most. I know some people have it tight and you're living week to week and you're scraping by. I get it. Not a lot of us have. Some people don't have a lot. Some have plenty and some have more than enough. But all of us, if you live in America, you are blessed today. Do you realize half the world's population live on $5 or less a day? $5 or less a day, half the world is living to survive. Do you realize that 25% of the world don't even have clean water to drink out of every day? 25% of the world. Do you realize 1 billion people, that's one in seven people in the world, do not have, do not have adequate shoes to wear on their feet? I'm telling you, we complain because gas prices are, in, are too much for our $40,000 car as we pump it in. I don't like it. I, don't, I get it. I don't like it either. Mine takes premium, so I really don't like it. God, what was I thinking? Lord, help me. Uh, you know, but I'm here as I'm griping. I'm remembering how much I'm really blessed. Uh, we've got to be careful to realize how much we're really blessed here in America. Even though we have some things we don't like, there's still so much that God has blessed us with. Why has God blessed us? Because we are to be a blessing. That's why we're sending out, last year we did 100,000 meals, and why we'll send out so many hundreds of shoes this year, because we want to be a blessing to other people. Listen, we have, look at this statement, we have to know what the more is for. We have to know what the more is for. The God has given us more than most. Why? Because he wants us to be a more blessing. He wants us to give more. He wants us to serve more. He wants us to love more. He wants us to worship more. He wants us to give more of our time, our talent, our treasure. Because who much is given? We'll see later that much is required. Look at Genesis 12 too. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. Why? I will make your name great. Why? And you will be a blessing to others. I will make you great. I'll make your name great. I will bless you. Why? Because you will bless others. If you don't know this, you need to know that the reason God blesses you so that you can become a blessing to others. Look at this statement. When we bless others... God takes care of our needs. It's the principle you'll find all throughout Scripture. 
that when you take care of others, when you bless others, God does so many miraculous things. We have story after story that back this up. We could talk about so many different people. We could talk about Rahab, the prostitute. Remember when the spies came and they, they were looking for him, they were gonna kill him. And she hid him on the roof until the, they went away and then she helped them sneak out and she let him out by rope and let him go. And then when, she, when they came back, they saved her house. Her family was saved, and she went on to be a big part of the lineage and the, the history of Jesus. I'm telling you, God redeemed this lady because she was willing to help others that other people wanted to throw away, that others wanted to kill. What about the widow? Elijah said, woman, God told me if you'll cook for me, you know, cook me your last meal. And she's like, sir, I don't have anything to give. I got just enough for one last meal. There's a famine in the land. If I give you this one last meal, it's the only meal I have for me and my son. But she says, I'm going to be obedient because God wants me to bless you, sir. And so she obeyed. She baked the last cake and gave it to him. He ate it. And the Bible says all the days of the famine, her oil never ran dry. She always had enough for her and her son. Why? Because she gave what she had. She was a blessing to others. And when she needed it most, it was always there. When we bless others, God takes care of our needs. It's something that he does. We see the little boy who brought his loaf of bread and his, his handful of fishes. He's like, I got a lunch, but this is too many people. There's like over 5,000 people here. But Jesus, if you need it, you can have it. He gave what he had. Jesus broke it, blessed it, multiplied it. All of a sudden, it, that one little meal is feeding thousands of people. And then when they take up those 12 baskets, leftovers, I mean, it was full. I'm sure this little boy got more than one meal to take home. He got a whole bunch of meals to take home. And he had the joy and satisfaction knowing God took what he gave and blessed many people with it. Look at eight, Luke 18, 29 and 30. Jesus said, no one who has left home, his wife, his brothers, his sisters, his parents, or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age. In the age to come, be eternal life. He's saying, hey, listen, I know. I know it's a sacrifice to spend your time doing ministry. I know it's a sacrifice ministering to people who are hurting. I know it takes time to be a missionary. I know it takes time to be in leadership. I know it takes time to serve the children. I know it takes time to run a VBS. I know it takes time to do an outreach. I know it takes time to do this. I know it. But those who do it for the kingdom, they will reap a reward. It's about being blessed so that God blesses me so that I can be a blessing back. The more, look at this, the more God blesses us, the more he expects us to bless others. If you don't know this, you must, as a Christian today, you must know as a Christ follower, the reason why he saved me, because he wants me to help save others. He wants me to reach others. The reason why he blesses me, because he wants me to be a blessing to others. If God can get it to me, he will get it through me. Come on now. If God can get it to me, God will get it through me. The problem is too many of us got sticky hands. And when it comes to us, we hang on to everything and never want to give anything away and be a blessing. And then we find ourselves broke and disgusted, mad. What's going on? Could it be we just are living too closed fist? Our hearts too closed off. It's a, listen, Jesus requires of us. Look what he says in Luke 12, 48. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. 
And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. So what's happening is this. Many of us are praying, God, give me a double blessing. God, give me a double portion. God, bless me, bless me, bless me. But then we're not, we're not taking the responsibility in blessing others. He, he wants to bless us, but it's for a reason. The reason God wants to bless you and I is because he wants us to be a blessing. I'm going to ask my, my children to come here real fast. I want, I want to show you something that I found out. I think it's going to bless you. First of all, this crew needs some prayer right here. Someone say some prayer for the pastor's kids right here. Amen. Looking good, babe. Come on now. I'm blessed to have all five of my, my children in, in the house with me this morning. I'm blessed to have my, my son-in-law and my, my grandson and my wife. We're, we're all here. So today, I found out something that I thought was pretty cool, and I thought I would illustrate it to you today. Do you realize in the Jewish nation, in the Jewish culture, that the firstborn son received a double portion. And what that translates is this, that he received, when the father passed away, that the firstborn son, who's the firstborn son here? Preston, all right. Bingo. So if I was to pass away, by law, I would supposed to leave half of my inheritance goes to the firstborn son, and then the rest of the four, they have to share the other half. How many think that's fair? Raise your hand. Okay, there we go. How many out there think that's fair? Raise your hand. Think that's fair? Yeah. Only the people that came to the first service were raising their hands. Okay. Hayden's like, this is a chip. Are you kidding me? I'm working outside every day, pushing the lawnmower, landscaping, and pressing in the AC, doing his stuff on the computer, making, and now he gets double. But there's a reason why. Hallie's like, don't forget about me, Dad. Melissa's like, hey, I got a family. We need some help. Landa's like, dude, I'm a starving college student. Dad, please. But, but there's, there's a reason why. There's a reason why that it was law, and there was a reason why the firstborn received the double portion. Because of law was this. If something happened to the father and the father passed away, the double portion went to the son. Step forward, son. And the reason was, turn around and face your siblings, that if I'm gone, then he's in charge of taking care of the family. He had legal responsibility, so he received more. <laughs> he's thinking, oh my God, how am I going to take charge of this bunch right here? You talk about having some independent children. We got it. Full of leaders. Great. But Preston would be in charge. He'd be like, all right, son, you, if anything happens to me, you're in charge of making sure your mom is taken care of. You say, all right, Hallie, Hayden, you're, you're in school, so I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. Melissa, you have a husband, so you guys are good. Landon, hopefully Missouri State will take care of you. <laughs> Let me know, because there ain't much. But I'm going to make sure the young ones get up and they graduate college. I'm going to make sure mom's taken care of. The reason why he receives by law the double portion is because he's responsible for more people. It's a light coming on to your spirit right now. Let's give these guys a hand clap right now. I appreciate them. Now, I want you to pull up the scripture in Deuteronomy 21, 17. Look what it says here. 
talking about the firstborn, the father, he must acknowledge the son as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all he has. It's a law that the son is the first sign. Mm. Oh my, this is going to preach right here. Are you ready? This is the first sign of his father's strength. The right of the firstborn belongs to him. And in case you don't know it, in Scripture, the Bible says we are the firstborn of the Father. We are the first loved of the Father. We belong to Him, and we are to receive a double portion anointing, not because God just wants to bless us, but because He expects us to take care of others. He designed his church to take care of others. He designed Christians to take care of others. He designed you to give your time, your talent, your treasure, to make his name great and to take care of others. God, you bless me so that I can bless others. This is the principle. Some of you praying a double portion anointing. God, but why do you, but you got to understand why you want a double portion. God's not going to give you a double portion blessing until you give it away, double portion. Come on now. We got to get our heart in the right spot. Yes, God wants to bless me, but the reason he wants to bless me is so that I can bless others. And in return, they see the goodness of God through my good deeds, through my action, through my serving, through my kindness, through my listening ear, through my time, through my possessions, they see that I really believe that God has changed my life so much that I'm willing to give away a double portion. Why? Because God has blessed me that way. The church is the firstborn. God wants to give us a double portion. God wants to bless the church, but I got news for you. He doesn't just want to bless the church. He wants to bless you. Can I tell you, through the pandemic, as I talk to pastors across the nation and even around the world, fear set in for some pastors. We were afraid, what's going to happen? We got to close the doors. We're going to, we got to cut back. We got to stop giving to this organization. Can we support these missionaries? Can we do this? Can we do that? And I can tell you at Destiny and a lot of churches I knew that we made the decision that God, we're, we're just going to give. We don't know what to do, but I know one thing. If we give and continue to give, you will take care of us. And I can tell you that through the pandemic, we didn't cut one person back. Matter of fact, we increased how many people we were helping. We increased ministries we were giving to. We never let one missionary down. We never missed a payment helping out the local food pantry. We helped buy meals for children around the world. We did things for foster kids. and We did all these things. And I can tell you, we never once went down 1% in our giving, even though the doors were shut. Someone say, that was a miracle of God. Why? Because when you give it away, God will get it back to you. When you give it away, God will give it back to you. At Destiny Church, we, we believe, we just last week blessed the teachers at Eugene Fields. We cooked them a lunch and went out and told them we love and appreciate them. We, we, we help support our local food pantries. We support life choices and the unborn child and the mother struggling with the decision to keep her child. We, we come and support. Last year, we gave over 200 kids, most of those 
foster kids and kids from the Boys and Girls Club bought 200 kids Christmas present last year who wouldn't have had a Christmas otherwise. We, we paid for over 100,000 meals to go around the world. Most of those go into poverty situation. Children, over 75,000 went to poverty children. Meals, over 100,000 meals. Last year we gave close to 600 pairs of shoes away to our community, the people who needed it. That's why we're going to do it again this summer. You're going to bring your shoes. But you know, I can say, all right, Daryl, let's go donate our shoes to charity and some local charities. And Daryl and I show up at the door and I have a couple pair and he's got a couple pair. And boy, here's five pair of shoes. They're like, five. I mean, they'll be thankful and they'll, they'll, they'll say thank you. But five pair of shoes doesn't look like much when you're trying to reach hundreds and hundreds of people. But how about a church that says, I'll bring five, and I'll bring two, and I'll bring one, and I'll bring ten, and I'll bring six, and I'll bring two. And all of a sudden, we show up with 600 pairs of shoes. You're talking about making a difference. They're like, what church is this that wants to come and show up and give us 600 pairs of shoes so that every student in the public school system who needs a pair of shoes can show up? If parents need a pair of shoes to show up and go to a, a job interview, they can show up and get them. See, together we, we make a difference, and together it multiplies, and together God anoints it because we're the church. We've been blessed, and we've been blessed doubly what we need, and we bring. Surely I'll bring you more shoes. I got more than enough shoes I need. I just some I want, yes, but you know what? I got more than what I need. I bring what I have, and I give it to the Lord because he's blessed me with must. God blessed me with more so I can be given away more. Look at Psalm 67. I love this. As I read this to you, I want you to know this is, this is going to be our prayer. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all the nations. God, you are good to us. God, I want you to bless me and may your face shine upon me. Why? So that people may know the way of salvation. So I can point to the goodness of God. Let me tell you, Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2. This will be our prayer this summer. I'm asking everybody in Destiny Church who, who will to say, Pastor, I'm going to learn to say this prayer every day. Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to say this prayer. I'm going to read it out loud. The psalmist wrote it as a prayer, a prayer of blessing. We're going to say it out loud. I'm going to say it over my life. I'm going to say it over my family. I'm going to say it over my children. I'm going to say it over my business. I'm going to say it over my church. I'm going to say it over my community. I'm going to save it over my nation. I'm going to save it over the world. And together, we're going to say this prayer every day from now on throughout the rest of the summer. We're ordering wristbands. It'll say Psalm 67. Hopefully, they'll be in next Sunday, and we'll pass them out to you so you can wear them around. Just as a reminder, throughout the day, when you see it, stop and say that prayer. We're going to have some, some refrigerator magnets. You can put it on your fridge so every time you go to indulge in a little more this summer, you stop and you're thankful. God, I'm thankful that my fridge has food in it. And there's people around the world that don't. So God, I pray this prayer. May your face shine upon me, God, so people can see your goodness and salvation come to the world. God bless me. God bless me and may your face shine upon me. God bless me and may your face shine upon me. God bless me and may your face shine upon me so that others can see the way of salvation. We're going to say this prayer all summer long. If that's you, will you raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'll join you in saying this all summer. 
Yeah, it's going to be it. We're going to say it together as a congregation many times this summer. We're going to pass those out. It's going to be our, our prayer together this summer. God bless me. Make your face shine upon me so that I can make you known. This will be our prayer. One last thought I want to give you as I close today. Many people want the double portion. Many people are praying for a double portion. Many people want the double blessing without the double responsibility. See, what I'm trying to get you, it's, it's okay to pray the double blessing as long as you know you get a double responsibility. Well, pastor, if, if God blesses me with a lot, boy, I'll, I'll, I'll get, no, no. You, you're missing the point. The point is this, we, we start with rat. What should happen is this, pastor, my, my friend, they don't have any groceries. Can the church help them? Yes, the church can help them, but before we help them, your prayer should be the pastor. My friend doesn't have groceries. I went into my house and I gave them some stuff out of my cabinet. And I was thinking the church should come along and maybe you could help too. That would be a blessing. And together we partner and we become a double blessing. It's not always the church's responsibility. It's us. We are the church. We partner together. We're working together. We're helping people together. And this summer, I'm praying. Is this prayer, you begin to pray this prayer, God bless me. May your face shine upon me. That you see opportunities. Listen, if you, if you, can't, if you can't give someone the five, ten dollars you need now who maybe needs a break, don't, don't ever think about giving a thousand later. It's not going to happen. It starts right now. Just, just, just help somebody. Maybe they just need a meal. Maybe they need someone to encourage them. They need someone to take them to lunch. Maybe they need somebody to mow the grass. Maybe they need somebody to bake them some cookies and send them a card. Maybe they just need somebody to help them get the car fixed. Maybe, maybe there's something you see. You can't do it all. I understand it. I can't do it all. You can't do it all. But you can help somebody. And I can help somebody. And together we can help a lot of people. And together we can help be God's hands and feet to this community. One by one reaching people one by one. I've been blessed with more so I can be a more of a blessing. Don't, don't get into that thought, man, I need more. I wish I had more. Listen, that, that makes us a slave. That's another message all in the cell. But it makes, makes money and it makes our possessions an idol in our life. But when you realize I'm already blessed, I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. Listen, all the, all the buildings, all the things, material things I have, one day, you're going to do a funeral for me, and everything I own is going to have holes, and it's going to rust. The kids are going to go to the Bahamas for a vacation and blow all their inheritance on one vacation. It's going to be gone really fast. What remains? People will remember that person who showed them God's love in a practical way. People are going to remember that person who, who gave to them their time, who helped them and saw them, and nobody else would. So I'm praying as you prayed that prayer that God begins to show you a person that you can reach. Maybe it's just stopping and praying for him. Maybe it's just stopping and listening to the story. God's going to give you that, that burden. God's going to allow you to do that. And I want you to begin to open yourself as you pray this, God. God bless me. May your face shine on me. So in return, I can show others your goodness. Can we stand on our feet? As you stand up today, how many want to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want God to use me for a bigger blessing. 
I want to become more of a blessing. Come on, we, I'm going to be honest. We all, myself and you, we all get there, right? We get to the place where we don't think about that the way we should. So today, let's say, God, I'm going to become a bigger blessing. I'm going to pray the Psalm 67 prayer all summer long as a reminder that, God, you want me to be your hands of feet. Father, I thank you for every person raising their hands right now, that, God, you're going to do a miracle in their life. God, you're going to bless them in a double portion way. And in return, they're going to be a double portion blessing to others. God, you're changing our heart. You're changing our attitude. You're changing our mind, even today. And God, we thank you that you first blessed us. We thank you that you first went all in for us, that you gave it all for us. May we learn to be these kinds of people who give in Jesus' name.